welcome to Individualist. Uh, we're on a new episode today and joining me I have Sheshtha. A lot of you already know her if you have been watching these episodes. She's been on an episode before. She's a poet uh, and she is my best friend and we are today going to talk about one of our favorite authors again. Um, one of our favorite childhood authors, Annette Blyton. So, <laughs> thank you for joining me, Shreshtha, and for uh, agreeing to be nostalgic. Yeah, there seems to be a pattern in our episodes <laughs> where we just talk about childhood favorites and how much they disappointed us as adults. Uh, yes. What are the Annette Blyton books that you remember reading and uh, what did you like about them? Good question. Because I do, I think we both have uh, so many of our books still I mean I obviously don't have them here but I know you brought them out about um I think obviously I rem- the first few Enid books I read uh were a lot of the the collected stories you know like it would be like the magic teapot and other stories yeah <laughs> um but and I, I think that I think that was exactly what the first one was called and it took me a long time to realize or uh, marvel at like how my entire from age, say like six to eight or whatever, six to ten, um, not ten, maybe, maybe, maybe don't let people know I read it <laughs> to ten. Um, so I think, you know, I think like a huge, at least three years of my entire childhood was just ended Blighton books and yeah. I never for a second in my stupid brain thought, wow, this woman's written all of these books. Um, But a few of the ones that I really remember are obviously all the boarding school series because they kind of, um, I went to a boarding school um, and it was absolutely not the same in in most ways, in all ways, uh, which was a a huge disappointment for me at 11. Um, so I remember the naughtiest girl because, um, I think the premise of it really attracted me, even though it's not something I personally would ever do or did. (laughs) Um, but I just, uh, you know, I enjoyed the series. I enjoyed the characters. And that was one of the first series of Annette Blyton I read, I think. So, um, it was too early on for me to start detecting any sort of patterns. So it was still original for me. When, when you were a kid and when you were reading these books, did the the sex, like, uh, obviously we didn't notice the sexism or, or the racism yeah. because we were too young. It might have yeah. struck us as a little odd or a little like whatever, but it's not something that we would have actively articulated, but it yeah. might have affected us. In like, I know right. it did affect me because uh, like when I started reading Famous Five, I got the first whatever book I was reading and my brother told me that his favorite character was George. And I started reading it with the idea that, oh, I must really like George because I was also at that age where I liked everything my brother liked. Right, right. And I started reading it and I was like, oh, so yeah, it's it's cool to want to be a boy. And for a long time, I <laughs> like I was always I was always pretending that I'm a guy and you know like I always wanted to have males. You I don't know. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, so like like in the sense that like I couldn't for a long time I couldn't really understand that what she was portraying with George or with Anne was just 
wrong. Yeah. Um, so that I think it did affect me that way. Um, so was there any such thing with you? Yes, definitely. And I think that's another reason I revisited maybe more infrequently than I mm. had than I would uh, in different circum under different circumstances. But definitely, and I think I think about that a lot. And I think we talk about that a lot about how dangerous children like how powerful and alternatively dangerous children's books can be, right? Because this is like one of these are some of the first books we're reading. It kind of sets a pattern going. People we look up to ignore it or don't see it in the same way, yeah. which kind of clouds our vision of it. And then for me, I mean, honestly, I probably could not have articulated that or named sexism or like misogyny till maybe much, much like sure. way older than I yeah. should have been. Yeah. And so it just sits uncomfortably with you but you can't name the discomfort. Um, and then, yeah. I, yeah, I will always, and there's always these parts. Um, do you remember? Well, I think both of our favorite Enid Blyton is the same, which I always not forget is Enid Blyton, but it's the Six Cousins, right? Oh yeah, I love Six yeah. Cousins. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Um, and I remember feeling so horrible every time they yelled at that sister to like be more girly or cut her nails and yeah, then they were like yeah. you're so filthy i'm like but those are two different things she can like shower but she doesn't have to not wear pants i don't understand yeah yeah with so, jane like yeah, I, jane. I really liked six cousins and yeah. it's one of the books i revisit more often yeah. Uh, but like that whole incident, it just makes me so uncomfortable, and it has yeah. like very kuchu element to it. Because yes, of that, definitely. The, the pretty girl, and then she turns pretty, and she like yeah. You know, that guy is a douchebag. I'm like, stay away. How much of reading Enid Blyton do you think influenced your reading later, like your reading taste? That's a good question. Um immensely i think two things definitely influence me in sometimes weird ways and i you know we speak about this a lot where i said when growing up we didn't have young adult literature right and yeah. so for me it was like enid Blyton, and then it there was, was this gap and then suitable boy it was exactly yeah yeah because yeah. i remember for me boarding school was mallory towers and then i read suitable boy where this guy goes to a school where he's like this abuse and i'm just like oh okay true I don't story want to one of the one of those is a true story though. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i know i know um and that's exactly it it's for, i mean it's like i think I describe it as no, like Enid Blyton and then to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't, there was, I think I felt a significant gap in my like middle school years where I was just like, oh. Uh, but you still read books like, like uh, Inkheart and like I oh, remember you yeah. speaking about that. Yeah. And I missed I, that whole thing completely. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh my mother who helped me <laughs> discover there were things beyond it like but yeah i think in that way it influenced me in the sense that i clung on to Enid Blyton for a lot longer and then kind of 
in a way i think it's why i gravitate towards science fiction now i think it's like com- comforting in the same ways and it like to me to be in that when i was reading when we were reading and it like you know i didn't care about the writing style the plot narrative the art i was just like oh it's going to end well there's some kind of mystery sometimes and the kids kids having fun um and with fanfic it allowed me to be a, i think and like to the reason i'm a lot more accepting of like bad writing <laughs> i will say i think and like to is the primary reason i started writing short stories growing up um and is also yeah, unfortunately the reason all my protagonists had british names for the longest same, time same okay. do you want to go into the list of like your favorite characters we want to books because it's also difficult and then there are series and then you can't pick like a best Specific one from the series one. because yeah. they're all the same essentially yeah. <laughs> yes definitely uh yeah i want to do characters that will be fun and i wanted to I should preface. So now looking back when I'm picking my top 5 characters, I've realized very few characters are fully likable. So I should say that when I say top 5, I don't mean that I love these the people they are so much. I just think they are the ones I remember for a reason. Um and like you know top I guess they're the most memorable and like the most fleshed out or like important to the story for me. <laughs> Mine is actually George from Famous Five still. George. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Am I not remembering something problematic? Something? I mean, Am we've I... discussed George already and Yeah, yeah. So But what was so that's my thing. I think what was problematic and this is the fanfic reader in me that I don't think she was given enough uh I don't think she was written in a way she deserved. I think there yeah. were ways to the character George was was so interesting to me and that could have been ways and it like could have approved of that or yeah. you know. But I also feel that uh, there was no way she would have written the oh, character yeah, yeah, that you yeah. want I know. now yeah. for, for exactly. a 7-year-old child in 1940. Like that okay, is Okay, wait. It's not happening. Is it too much to ask? <laughs> or one queer enigma so. yeah i think it is too much to us <laughs> i think one thing and it might it clearly had some problems in her personal life which we know but it's also clear in the way that everyone's like fatal flaw is a temper <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and i really i really appreciated it in george rather than darrell's darrell's is just like suddenly she'd explode yeah. uh yeah and go around but, slapping people yeah <laughs> oh god i forgot about that <laughs> but uh george was kind of fascinating you know kind of stubborn in a way children deserve to be um, yeah yeah and of all the famous five i liked her the most <laughs> yeah See, this is what I wanted to tell you. Did you know that every person called Dick in the Enid Blyton books have been changed to Rick now? Oh, and wow. in, I think this is just in the US, but everyone called Fanny has been changed to Franny. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they're like, oh, kids are learning what good Dick could be. <laughs> 
uh, younger than wow. when we were. I yeah. did not know this. Um, Patrick from Northeast Girl. Oh yeah, I remember okay. Patrick. Yeah. So here's the thing. I remember Patrick so clearly for so many reasons. First of yes. all, he's the only person described in the books who I thought was remotely good looking. Um, you know. But he looks exactly all. like Julian, his cousin. So did you find? No, Julian? but he's like. He's just there's something more about you know he's he plays whatever he I think he plays tennis yeah he plays tennis uh he's more fiery than Julian which I already like Julian was like just there a lot of times in Not my memory really in, like in my memory anyway. yeah. <laughs> I know um the reason I remember him is because I might be also because I think the the book he comes in on is the second. I didn't read them in order, so I think that's the second Not Just Girl I ever read. Um, but it's also, the last one in the series. Of course, it is. Wait, really? That can't be true no, because so with no, I'll tell you with Not Just Girl, Anna Brighton only wrote four books, and right. they were all set. No, in, five, five no, books. No, she only no. wrote books wait let me finish she wrote four books and they are all of elizabeth in the first form like yeah. there is no like she doesn't go the second form or anything unlike the others where they grow yeah yeah yeah. First form. Sixth form. yeah and then someone called anne digby wrote continuations so everything else is not canon <laughs> that explains so much whips my childhood has been a lie wait do you and, remember the fifth book I don't know the f- I don't know which one is the fifth book because the Anne Digby ones I d- don't know in order but I feel like are you talking about the one where there's a head girl campaign No but I remember that no yes. I haven't I don't know if I've read that but there's a book where she's taking care okay please don't crash my world um there is this book where she's taking care of someone's lettuces because they they in the hospital because of her do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the fifth book. And then she finds out that he's had a really sad life. His dad had an accident over the summer. And Yeah, I yeah. remember this. I remember this. I think this was Anne Bigby. Oh my I'll fi- god. I'll try to find it. That explains so much because Patrick is a sweetheart in that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. One of the reasons Patrick is so memorable to me is because Literally, this is the only time and even as a kid I was like mm, there's something there there's like some tension <laughs> but there's never any obviously any mention of that in any other books but that's the only time when it's like I was like oh this could be this could be something Patrick uh, is also the one who's, who's he's the only one who comes and says I don't want to go to a school where there are women as monitors <laughs> yeah oh shit I forgot about like, that. Like, this is literally his first lie. <laughs> oh my god, I have to scratch him out. <laughs> maybe, maybe he won't be on my list after this. <laughs> that, but I, I, I mean, it. come on, a lot of 11 year old boys, really. <laughs> and then he does change his mind because then he looks up to Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. So, growth that you don't oh, see in your is, life. And like yeah. they become friends also. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe more than friends. 
Maybe as not at eleven, but yeah, yeah, yeah. As they grow, old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Susan, Susie, Jack's sister from Speaker Seven was very, very yeah. relatable. Like I know they were always kind of painting her as annoying or interfering, but a she had excellent taste she always asked for the better gifts and then the secret seven people would be like oh we want this not jack stupid gift um and you know she just wanted to be a part of her brother's friends like secretly very very secretly yeah. because she did not communicate them well but uh, i really found her relatable and some of my favorite ones were favorite parts of that series where she was a part of the action um, and she dressed up as Jack once to enter their secret meeting. And I think, you know, in a book with seven characters, so many of them got lost or like weren't fleshed out. So it was really fascinating to me that the side character was so much more interesting than say Colin or. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is more like a yeah. special shout out to the saucepan man who was a poet ahead of his time. And was just like pure <laughs> comic relief, you know, existed very well in this world, had no reason to do what he was doing and uh, would like create so much chaos just because he couldn't hear things um, over yeah. his saucepan. Um, but yeah, I think if I remember, if I feel fond of someone in those books, it's saucepan. <laughs> He was just the one always creating confusion and like typical and blighted trope of having that one person. Exactly. Like always yeah. getting into some scrape. Exactly. But for a change, not, you know, he was not, it wasn't a racist, it wasn't <laughs> racist reasons or sexist reasons. He was just a man who was kind of eccentric. Do you remember like any of the lands that they visited? Like, was there anyone that you would want to visit? Oh, um... Yes, I think there was one which was maybe holiday themed. I think it was like a Christmas land or present land. And you just had to. It was to a land of gifts. Land of yes, presents. Yes, land of gifts. All, yeah. You had to like imagine what you wanted and you, in the box. And you could and then, buy it for somebody. Like you had yes, to. Yes, yes. Yeah. And of course, their like cousin or whatever was yeah. like. Trying Dig. To, yeah, Dick. <laughs> Almost like she was trying to tell us something. <laughs> but he was like, he couldn't do it because he didn't have a generous heart or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah, sappy. Sappy. I taste. love the land of birthdays. Um, oh, yeah. Celebrate, I think, Bessie's birthday. And then there's yeah. a feast and yeah. birthday games. And uh, that was really. Yeah, 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 I like yeah. anything to do with birthdays. <laughs> One person I used to find really amusing is Gwendolyn from Gwendolyn Mary, Mary I think. Yeah, yeah Gwendolyn from, Mary Lacey. Yes, Gwendolyn Mary Lacey from Mary Dark. Where I was just like, for a long time, I was like, what is the root of this? problem like what is going <laughs> on uh she just misses home and i think like i think her arc was really satisfying of course in a in a very moralistic way but you know yeah. tied up yeah. some loose ends that was the fight like she did not improve till the last book um but also i had a soft spot for her because um 
my mom would threaten me every time like she left Vietnam to be like Gwendolyn's mom like she'd be like I'm gonna get out my handkerchiefs I'm gonna start <laughs> crying in the middle of the courtyard um and so it is more like I think I remember her so strongly because of the like inside joke my mom and I have about her um and just was the only part of Malvitas that I was actually terrified would happen in real life in modern school. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Gwendolyn's problems were more that she would just not do the same things as the rest. Of course she was in sub like she was a narc too. Don't think I forget that. Like I know she did a lot of egregious things. <laughs> but um yeah I just uh, I was fascinated and I think one thing it showed in the books is this like mentality of like us as kids like there was this kind of relief now this is me reading into Malaritas but there's it's always fascinating to see how quickly kids like gang up on anyone just because there's this kind of relief where they like rather her than me um and uh, yeah so they gang up on someone who's just like really like there's not much difference between them. exactly yeah yeah and I remember I felt very sad in some parts because there would always be a new student and I think Gwendolyn would try to be their friend yeah. um and then like the other kids would be like oh now you now that you were a nice person you should join us rather than be friends with Gwendolyn um yeah. and yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. who is a uh, who would who would you clearly put on your list? I know we have number five, but I was just curious. Um, so I think one person I keep coming back to is Barney from the Barney Mystery Books. I don't know if you ever read them. Um, so they, they were, it was basically a series of books where there was a monkey called Miranda. If that oh yeah, I read them. There was a roller... <laughs> It was a, there was a circus one. Ringo, yes. Ringo, yeah. There was a Ringo Bells mystery and there was a Rillaby Fair mystery. Yes. yes. Uh, and Barney was basically the circus boy who had been, yes. his mother had died and the father. Yes, yes. Or something, and then they meet the father and uh, then he has like a civilized life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I found Barney fascinating because he was very different from the usual characters. Yeah, and, you know, like when Anna Brighton spoke a lot about the not upper class characters, they were all like you could tell that they were different, like ethically, they were different and they mm-hmm. different. But Barney was, uh, he was very, he was well read and he, he wanted yeah. a better person and he sort of wanted to rise above his circumstances. Yeah, and I found that really fascinating. Uh, and the fact that you know he was like he was just doing the best that he could he had to walk at a young age and everything but yeah. uh, even then like he he just desperately wanted to know more and mm-hmm. see more and be educated and, <laughs> and that, it really appealed to me though i think food is such an important part of everything we read because when i was a kid when i started reading secret seven i got really invested in i was like oh that sounds so good like i was like like egg roll, like Kolkata roll. <laughs> what are they eating? And then I tell, ask my mom, and she told me, you know, they just mean dinner rolls, like bread. And my world, I was like, why are they so excited about tomato and bread? 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah. and they used to eat a lot of I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think they used to eat a lot of scones. S C O N. Yeah, you pronouncing it right? Scone. Yeah. Yeah, and I when I first ate it, I was just like, "This is not what." It was I very imagined. disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. All the yeah. food, well, British food in general is disappointing, but all the food she brought up was so, so bad. Just like, yeah. um, I mean, nougat, the midnight I think, cheese had decent. Yeah, food. sardines and it's condensed it's milk. Sardines. I like tinned sardines. I'm a fan. Okay. Well, yeah, fair enough. I yeah. would like uh, river water fish. <laughs> of course, um, but uh, but condensed milk was was a huge thing for them in the midnight peaks. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. 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 Love condensed. And the cake also just seemed like yeah beautiful. Yeah. Always yeah. like the dessert. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The sweets were good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I think I think we are done. Thank you so much for uh, speaking to me. About Thank this. you. This was so much fun, and you made me remember a lot more than I did. Oh, good and bad stuff. <laughs>